7.23, this is Sports Talk. We're joined now by Jake White, former Springbok coach. He's also uh, coached uh, the Blitz, Montpellier, uh, Tonga, the Sharks, the Brumbies, and currently, I believe, is a technical director and coach of the Bulls. I've interrupted his breakfast for that. We thank him very much. Uh, Jake, welcome to the program. You're still very much entrenched with the Bulls? I missed all of that, Jake, due to the nature of the telephone line. If you could start again wherever you were, that oh, would be sorry. great. Can you, can, you, can you? Okay, sorry, I'm saying I've, yeah, I just joined the Bulls. I've come back and uh, just before lockdown, I joined the Bulls as director of rugby. And I'm hoping that we can build them up again to the force that they were previously. We would like to think so. Look, it's been rumoured for quite some time now that the Springboks were not going to be involved in the rugby championship. Uh, that is now the case. How long have you known about this, Jake? And how sure were you, if indeed you were, that that was going to be the situation? Um, Darcy, to be fair, I don't think anyone knew. You know, I think that there was no, there's no skullduggery or any agenda behind it. I think the, the reality was when you hear the sort of logistics that go into isolation now and quarantine time in Australia. Let's not forget, if you're a South African team, you've got to fly via Sydney to get into New Zealand. So that means, you know, that not only is the travel time so long, then the fact you've got to spend 14 days. I think the whole sort of uncertainty about is it worth it? Can you get there? How long do you have to be there for? Um, would you be able to train in those two weeks? How many players could you take? I remember right in the beginning when, when it was all muted about, you know, championships. as a provincial coach, we got we got the the feedback that we, they might have to take like 50 players across to, to New Zealand or Australia to go and so you can imagine what that does to the provincial teams because you know you lose a bulk of your players for a long long period of time and at that time as well we weren't sure if the clubs overseas were going to release players as well so yeah I don't think there was ever any as you say how long did anyone know I think people were hoping that it would take place from a, from a national point of view hoping that the Springboks could play in a tournament like that but I think the, the, the reality was it was always going to be a tough ask the longer that the, the sort of COVID lasted in South Africa and abroad. It's not just the logistical side of things, Jake, is it? It's the fact that a lot of these players haven't played a great deal of football. So not only would they spend a lot of time in transition, they also haven't played. So they wouldn't be sending over the best, well, the current world champions, would they, Jake? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, to be fair, we, you know, you, everyone knows that the All Black South African Springbok games have always been pinnacle of games in South Africa as well. And, you know, we know we have to be on our best to beat New Zealand in New Zealand or beat Australia in Australia. So to have no rugby for seven months, play two fixtures and think that you're going to be ready to uh, to go and play in a tournament like that would be a little bit, you know, a little, little bit naive, I think. You know, I mean, the reality is it's a tough competition even when you've got time to prepare. It's a tough competition even when you've got the best players available to then not know if you've got the best and then not We just lost the last wee bit of that, uh, Jake. That's the nature of telecommunication, I suppose. <laughs> we'll get through with that one. Hey, around the continued involvement of South African teams in Super Rugby or South Africa within Sansa, how solid in your mind is that future looking, this this group of, of, of teams that play under the same banner? Um, look, I, I'm not really sure about, you know, about the... How can I put it to you about the pros and cons? I mean, there are pros and cons to everything. You know? I mean, there's a lot of talk about going to Europe. Um, there has been an incredible time, you know, and other things 
also again that atoms and and our distance between Europe and ourselves is obviously a lot closer than New Zealand, Australia, Argentina. And in the long term, who knows? Maybe it's you know it's going to be a blessing for our rugby players to go north. I mean, it's not saying anything taking away anything that's been in the last 25 years playing in the Southern Hemisphere. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll be to the good old days. We'll play people back to the three pitch series, or we'll play midweek game, or we'll tour New Zealand for a longer period of time, like we did in the old days. Then we'll get to play the All Blacks, you know, not as often or against the All Blacks, not as often as we used to. And maybe that, you know, as a young boy, I remember watching tours to South Africa or, you know, tours to New Zealand. And, and what a great sort of that was when you didn't get to play against some of the best players in the world every single season and sometimes two, three times a year. There's a lot of thought around, Jake, that uh, all-black rugby won't be as strong without the continued exposure to South African rugby, but it works the other way as well, doesn't it? You guys need to be exposed to all-black rugby, and I think if it is a case of few and far between, some of that excitement, like yourself when I was younger, will come back because it is so rare. I don't think it would necessarily weaken both teams. It just changes the platform. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that uh, you know that one will become weaker, both will become weaker. I think maybe the whole sort of aura and, and the sort of excitement about playing Springbok all black tests will not that it ever be in the way, but it'll really be heightened. I mean, as I said to you, I remember as a young boy, the Sydney and the Billy Bushes and Andy Leslie and you know, those kids, we didn't even know those guys when they got to the Brian Williamses and of the world when they were phenomenal. And, uh, you know, the, and not taking anything away from the Southern Hemisphere competition, but to play the Crusaders twice in a year and then play them, you know, three times in a test, in a test, you take it, it's awesome to play Kennedy five times in a year. Yeah, I'm not thinking of taking it away, but I mean, I know as a youngster, it was a little bit different when you got to see those great players once a year or you got to see them in one series. And as I said, sometimes as things change, a lot of things are the same for us. So maybe that's what we'll get to. We'll get to real, you know, uh, sort of old school matches and old school long players and, and you know a lot of people are crying out for that too, you know, as opposed to playing everyone every year five times. I'm with you on that one. Too much is sometimes, well, more than enough. And I think that was the case. Let's hope it all changes. But, Jake, thanks very much for interrupting your orange juice and your flapjacks uh, to join us here on Sports Talk. Good luck for the rest of whatever season you've got. And we look forward to chatting to you again here at News Talk ZB. Jake White, thanks for your time.